Welcome to the Life is a Ceremony podcast by Petiti Institute. We're inspired to share practical insights to engage everyday life as an evolutionary journey. Every moment is an opportunity to practice. If you would like to send us a question or a comment or a donation, you're welcome to visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. In this episode, Ramananas discusses our true nature that goes beyond appearances into the timeless source of innocence and creativity. To remember the childlike nature of the beginner's mind with self-parenting awareness allows for freedom from disempowering habits and awakening of our highest potential. Hello friends, this is Roman from the Paititi Institute. Today we're going to be talking about innocence in the world and how essential it is for all of our lives. And what does a scruffy guy like me can say about innocence? And actually what I can share is something that is related to my own experience and also the experience of the living wisdom traditions that I work with that have been at work for thousands of years and have a lot of experience to share on this subject as well that each one of us can verify and check for ourselves. And innocence is something that we are all familiar with because we have all experienced it at one point or another in our lives and may continuously see glimpses of it and I have an opportunity right now, a great blessing to have two kids. My youngest one is six months old and the older one is three years old and there is a lot of innocence and an opportunity to reflect and relate to that in my own life. And then, of course, the living wisdom traditions that we work with, they also relate to this experience of the childlike nature and see that no matter how old we are, we are always children at heart and we are children of the universe. And so in these traditions that we work with, there is this reflection of remembering oneself in the perspective, in the light of that innocence and to see how we are always learning, always discovering and experiencing the world in our lives. And so, in that regard, the innocence is at the root of who we are, is at the core, at the center of our existence, and our life revolves around it. And then, of course, what happens when we don't see a place for that innocence in the modern society? then that innocence needs to be conformed, it needs to be boxed in and adapted to the world that we live in and all kinds of problems arise as a result. If the innocence is locked up and has no place in the world, then that innocence will actually be at the root of our problems and it will be that inner child screaming for attention and not being able to get it and then needing to act out in different ways, whether it's the problems in our external existence or the problems in our inner health. But those are all wake-up calls that come to us in our lives and there is intelligence to that inner child. And actually that's the greatest intelligence in our lives where it's this childlike nature that is encouraging us to explore, to evolve, to investigate, to learn. And then it's up to us to heed that message in our lives and to listen to it. So the ancestral wisdom traditions, and we recently had an opportunity to go into a very profound process with our Kero elders 
and also with our medicine women from the Amazon, from the Shipibo culture, and also my experience with the elders from both the Amazon, the Andes and Tibet that are encouraging that beginner's mind, that wholehearted approach to life that children have, where they can really go through those experiences and learn how to fail, how to fall and then get up and keep having that spark of exploration, of adventuresome in life. And then of course there are those blueprints of humanity that we can see in ancient traditions that are pointing to this animalistic hamster wheel kind of existence. In the fairy tales that are perceived as the blueprints of collective evolution, there is this motif of the child being cursed by conditioning, represented by the shadow mother, and the child is cursed into this animalistic existence where there is no encouragement for evolution, there is no encouragement or support for the child to explore, and then the child becomes trapped, and then there is fear involved, and out of that fear comes out this wounded animal trapped in a cage, and then no intelligence and just instinctively going through life, and then that creates this continuous vicious cycle of keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result in life. And then we can also see, and I experience it with my own children, how I am also a child, and then because of my own conditioning, I am a child that has been inhibited or restricted. And then to keep that cycle going through our human society, and then the children like to play around and express themselves and then they are put in front of the computers for online classes or even in the modern classes where children are taught to sit in a rigid position for many hours or they are taught to control themselves and march and do what they're told and not being able to express and invoke their talents and skills and then we are all those children that have been boxed in by society and the society is giving us certain options that are predetermined. Okay, you either you can do this or you can do that and you have free choice but only between those specific choices or outlines. And then the ingenuity is lacking. From the living wisdom traditions we can see how there is this process of not trusting the ingenuity, not seeing that there are other options available to us in life and how we can engage with those options in our lives and not just go by the predetermined options available to us and then see, okay, I can engage in this world but not be of this world and I can continuously bring that creative expression and apply myself to life and the living wisdom traditions that we work with from the Andes and the Amazon especially, they've been through some serious cataclysms. And so what they have to share is through that experience of going through those cataclysms, going through those severe epidemics that wiped out a lot of people and those who survived. That's what they have to share. That's what they can share with the world through their experience, how they have moved through those severe cataclysms that were happening in their society. And it was that childlike nature that has been so essential. And it's this restoration of innocence to bring 
that cursed child that's been turned into this wounded animal in a cage to bring back the ingenuity, to bring back the support towards the childlike nature and allow that inner child to be integrated into society and to be innocent in terms of asking questions and not be judged for that and not be judged for not knowing or to be experiencing some struggles or growing pains and at the same time have the necessary support and love that encourages that evolution and insight in our lives. And so then, in my own experience, it's been very helpful to re-engage with everything that I'm experiencing in my life through the guidance of our elders and of my teachers without judgment, without bias. And to see how everything that I'm experiencing that I have not gotten the encouragement and support to really see what it's about and to reapply that into my life, to learn how to self-parent and to continuously hold that inner child with this trust in the ingenuity that there is something to life that is meaningful. And our Kero elders, they relate to this process as the mastery of love, to learn how to recognize love in all circumstances, the evolutionary kind of love. It's not the fluffy kind of love, but it's to see that there is this continuous encouragement of the inner child to evolve, to learn, to engage with life, to have a greater purpose, and to engage all life circumstances in that way where I can see that all of the different negative habits or coping mechanisms in my life, they all have a deeper wisdom to them that I have not been seeing because I've just been engaging with them blindly and not really looking into what it's about. And so then our Kero Elder in our most recent offering that we've done collectively, he really encouraged that to see the whole world as a teacher, to see that every circumstance, every situation is encouraging that innocence of ingenuity and fresh perspective and the beginner's mind and to see how everything that I'm doing is a result of this inner child asking to be loved, asking to be recognized and acknowledged unconditionally. No need to try to earn love or to try to prove something through one's life because it's supposed to be unconditional and that's how nature is and children love to explore and are adventuresome naturally. It's not something that has to be forced in children. And then starting to see and engage with life and be in awe and wonder and explore and recognize this hero's journey that is underlining all of our mundane experiences. And this is something that in the transpersonal Jungian psychology is also really encouraged not to just live in a mundane life and do everything by the rule and follow the orders and be mindless robot in everything, but to have that inner child, to have that innocence and exploration and adventure. It's the journey of discovery. And it's so beautiful to live life in that way and to see that there is a hero journey in the most mundane experiences. The boredom can be the dragon 
that we are learning how to befriend, how to ride, how to harness that energy that cannot be contained. And then that energy can be channeled through the heart. And again, it's this childlike nature that we can learn how to keep in our hearts through all life experiences. To dispel that curse of the wounded innocence that then just becomes this mindless, instinctual way of being in the world. And so then, in order to dispel that, there has to be this willingness to actually look at our lives from a fresh perspective and not to judge or label or to have a story or a drama about it, but to recognize that in all of those things that we've been labeling and judging, there is some wisdom to it. All of this conditioning, all the problems that we've experienced in our lives, in a way, it's that cocoon of the butterfly that is necessary for the butterfly to evolve. And then to recognize that wisdom and to see how essential human qualities can actually be born from that conditioning. So I can learn how to be more patient, more open-minded, more receptive, more determined, and also more curious. And not to just take things based on what they appear to be and to see that there is deeper meaning and how all of those things that I am trying to hide behind they are actually reminding me of essential human qualities that I can be cultivating instead of just being satisfied with the external appearance of them and this is the mastery of love in a way that the elders in many ancient traditions relate to to see that there is this evolutionary love and how initially what appears as a shadow has actually the treasury of the highest potential hiding in it if only we are willing to look at it. All of those problems in our lives and things that we are bothered by or disturbed by that's not an issue. The issue is not being willing to look at it and to bring fresh perspective and to see what it's about and to have this innocence of the child that is not having preconceived notions and actually is willing to explore and discover the deeper meaning, the deeper wisdom of all of those life situations. And it's not just, okay, this is what it is and this is what I'm being told. And of course, also this childlike nature where, yeah, not having the support in the world, not having this guidance from the outside that allows one to trust in that innocence. And then because of that, seeing how everyone are hiding behind different masks and appearances, and this innocence is not accepted, is not welcome in the world, and everyone else are hiding it, and so I'm going to do what everyone else are doing. Or if I'm threatened, my innocence is threatened by something I'm going to adapt and just act out what everyone else are doing or what I'm intimidated by in order to protect this innocence inside of myself. And so then it's being covered up because of lack of trust in that original openness. And so then gradually recovering that and learning how to self-parent and learning how to trust in that. This has been the collective process. It's not just my own experience, but it seems like it's been rising up in the collective and with all of us needing to abide by certain external conditions and at the same time 
having this inner wake-up call to engage with our creativity, to learn how to tune in into ourselves and to recognize that there is a deeper calling in life just than what is available in the external world, in our society, and then to heed that call of the heart and to encourage that creativity and openness and ingenuity in our lives and to honor that first and foremost and then of course learn how to integrate it into everyday life, into our society. It doesn't have to be separate from each other. And of course there has to be that time both for ourselves and for the world and then seeing how we can bridge the two together so it's not that the inner child is just in the fantasy realm and then we have to do some robotic things in the world but how can we actually see this world as the nest for the child to be supported by? How can we arrange all the circumstances of our lives to support the innocence, to support the discovery, the exploration, the evolution, the creative expression in our lives and not have them oppose each other? Otherwise, what I've been experiencing in my own life also is that this creativity then is in the castle in the sky and is not brought down to earth and it's using the fantasy to escape reality instead of using the creativity to fully engage with reality to approach life in that way where it's possible to face everything to shine in the face of adversity and there is something very meaningful in that because otherwise if the inner child is not acknowledged, is not supported, doesn't have place or there is no belief that there is actually enough love and support and tolerance for this inner child that needing that in order to deal with the growing pains. And then that creates all kinds of different disturbing emotions and it creates this disbelief in what is possible and then resentment and cynicism and all kinds of things like that that are responsible for the vicious cycle in our lives and then trying to compromise and cope and just using the appearances to somehow substitute the essence and never actually being able to fill the void and it's something that relates to everyday experience how the mundane world, the material existence instant gratifications, they don't provide lasting fulfillment. And it's not found in this world of appearances. But if we can see the wisdom in the appearances, if we can see that there is meaning in everything that is happening and not just instinctively grab onto it and try to substitute the inner experience of evolution in a way kind of vicariously living the hero's journey through the entertainment, through the movies, through the stories, but not taking it to heart, not doing the inner work ourselves. And then in that way, then reversing that, seeing the wisdom in everything and applying it on the energetic level to essential human qualities, to see that all of the passions in our lives, all of the cravings, they actually relate to the inner qualities that we can engage in the evolutionary journey, the effort that it's up to each one of us to apply to our lives and then awaken 
awaken the qualities, learn how to be a human being in a human body. The inner child that wishes to be useful, that wishes to be of support. And we can see it in the children, those of us who have children. They are always trying to be useful. And sometimes, okay, this is for adults and this is not for children, and go somewhere else and go play, and then children feel not accepted and they cannot be useful, but actually they can bring that essential fresh perspective. And of course it relates to each one of us, and that inner child that needs to be boxed in and act in a certain way and cannot really be allowed to express and to share a different view, a different perspective. And so this is how we start to reverse this process, by bringing awareness and deconditioning in a way where there is no longer just following blindly, okay, this is what happens and this is how to have to go about it. And this issue occurs in my life and automatically I label it as bad because that's how I've always been labeling it. But instead seeing, okay, I can actually look at it differently and not just look at things in terms of good or bad, but seeing that everything has something essential to learn from. And all of the problems in life, they encourage that deeper awakening of the heart's wisdom and learning how to be patient, how to be receptive, how to be more determined and learn how to generate love. Initially, as children and not being supported to engage in this evolutionary process, to learn how to tap in into that love under all circumstances. And then in a way being blindsided and being pushed out by different circumstances and then seeing that, okay, it's not possible. Then getting discouraged. And so instead, actually continuing to be encouraged or returning to that, learning how to believe in the miracle of life once again and then learning how to generate that love and seeing how the world is acting the way the world is acting because of not having that encouragement. And it's up to each one of us to reconcile and return to that trust in innocence so that we can learn to apply that and encourage that in ourselves and others to see that there is more than enough love to go around and how each one of us can generate that love. Initially as children we need it and we try to look for it everywhere else as an encouragement. And then gradually we learn to recognize that we ourselves are capable of that. And we all have that inner child and we also have that inner parent that can actually support that inner child and continue to learn and evolve and love and open in a way that is evolutionary, in a way that is based on compassion. Initially it's that seed of innocence that can feel so weak and vulnerable, just like a tiny sprout. And then that sprout starts to develop and grow and becomes a millennial tree that can actually provide necessary support for other trees and the root system and encouragement and nourishment. And so this is all part of this process of the inner child that is awakening that unconditional love. Without the inner child, the motherly love and the fatherly support, they don't have much meaning. 
And so it's essential to tap in into the innocence inside of us so that we can actually channel the love of the universe through ourselves. Without being the children of the universe, we cannot tap in into the universal love and then encourage each other through that creativity, through that ingenuity, to see that we can continue to be inspired. We can continue to be passionate in our lives and then turn it into compassion. And in that way, to continue to share our spark with the world and not be discouraged by all the circumstances and all of the confinement and quarantine and lockdowns, but actually to see that it is that space of the womb that sometimes feels confining, but at the same time is preparing us, is maturing us in a way that we can return to ourselves and tune into our creativity and ingenuity and learn how to apply that in all circumstances. And then that transcends all of the conditions in our lives. And in that way, it is very essential and it applies to all of us. And the indigenous elders and the living wisdom traditions, they all point to that as the way to be alive. And the more that we can be alive, the more that we can boost our vitality, our well-being, our immune system and deal with all of the challenges, with all of the difficulties and health conditions on all levels. With this situation in the world, also we've been seeing that a lot of people have been grateful for the work that we are doing and the work that we have been sharing from our indigenous elders and the living wisdom traditions. And also we've been seeing people struggle and experience all kinds of different issues and depression and disempowerment and also mental health conditions have been rising in the world as a result of this discouragement and the lack of trust in that ingenuity, in that inner child that is asking for support, for love, to actually be useful in the world, to be the leading force in our lives that allows us to evolve, that allows us to transcend the challenges and not be overwhelmed by them. And so this is something that we can all do in our lives is to bring ingenuity into all of our struggles, into all of our challenges, to apply that fresh perspective, that beginner's mind, and to learn how to recognize the deeper wisdom, to learn how to see that even though I may not see it in the moment, there is something that is very profound and something that is very essential for this continuous evolution, not to get comfortable and stagnant, but to actually continuously be pushed by life to open up, to evolve to deeper perspectives, to deeper meaning. And so that is very essential and we can all start to apply that in our lives with that recognition, of course, through experience, little by little trusting that there is more to it than what it appears like. Initially, it may appear like a jail cell or confinement or a problem and a curse, but then seeing, no, actually, this vicious cycle, it's this hamster wheel or uh, what is that movie called? Groundhog Day, where things keep repeating themselves until we learn the lesson. And then to learn how to see that, yeah, there is something to it, and I can trust it, even though it may not appear there immediately. I can trust that 
there is something for me to learn in all of those situations of struggle and disempowerment and instead of just going for the comfort zone and reaching for that and coping mechanisms and all kinds of addictions but actually not to do it blindly not to do it just unconsciously and instinctively but to bring awareness why am I doing this because I have just gotten into the habit I've learned not to trust in the ingenuity and just substitute and cope with what is happening and instead I can apply the beginner's mind and to keep being with the problems with the issues in my life and then to keep being that innocent child that keeps falling and keep getting up and keep exploring and keep discovering and in my life that has been really essential to keep going through my different coping mechanisms and habits but no longer blindly the fact that it's happening is not the problem but not being willing to be present with it and just zone out and forget and try to go into oblivion that is the issue and so if I can bring awareness and really see there is meaning there what is that meaning what is the real message that is coming through what am I trying to substitute and by what I'm trying to substitute it with actually the appearance is pointing to the essence without the shadow there is no light without the light there is no shadow and looking at the shadow I can actually recognize the light that the shadow is coming out from and then gradually reconcile that and then once I learn the lesson there's no longer a need for that lesson in my life and naturally those habits they drop out I no longer need to do it because I can see the essence that it's pointing to what I've been trying to cope with is actually pointing to the real meaning and the real lesson that I can embody I can integrate into my life and that is so meaningful and so essential so this is a little intro and something that has been coming up in my own process and also with our recent transformation journey that we've engaged with a group of people for one month in our retreat through a lot of fasting and diet and transformation and reflecting and working with the indigenous elders and it's also connected to the greater whole and so it's the process that is happening within each one of us it's also something that we can relate with to each other and keep encouraging each other to not get lost in the coping mechanisms but to open up to see that there is wisdom to bring the heart and not to hide and pretend that everything is fine but to have kindness for ourselves and others for going through the problems for not knowing how to engage with them and discovering that at the same time and so now if there are some reflections questions in the meanwhile I can add a little bit more from my process where it's not black and white of course it's not either I do it or not but learning how to do it more and more deeply and opening up to things that bother me without judging it and also recognize that actually in the past maybe I have not believed in myself that I can be with certain issues in my life or with pain or with doubts or confusion or different coping mechanisms and then gradually learn how to open up to that and to see that I can be with it a little bit more and a little bit more and actually I can do a lot more than what I thought I could 
And that's also the advice that our elders share with us is to go through those habits without trying to be forcefully dealing with them, but to bring that evolutionary aspect and to see that, yeah, I can keep going through those habits and be present and see that it doesn't really do it for me, it does not really fill the void. And I can keep doing it and get less and less empowered by it, it's no longer this forbidden apple, but actually, yeah, I can do it, it's just an old habit and at the same time, I'm more and more inspired to do what is more meaningful, what is actually more sustainable in the long run, and then gradually those old habits they start to fall away by themselves because I don't see any point in continuing to do it and I jump at every opportunity to do something that is more meaningful, that is more inspiring. I can keep encouraging that ingenuity and beginner's mind and the fresh perspective to keep learning how to engage in life in that way and to come out of those disempowerment cycles that I've been doing all my life because I did not believe that there is another way. It was not provided to me by the external circumstances. And then I can actually open up to deeper wisdom than just what the social experience makes available and ancestral living wisdom traditions. They are really helpful in that regard. And especially the living wisdom traditions that are pointing to the understanding how the labyrinth of conditioning works. It's not just about rainbows and unicorns and that are so popular in today's world and just dreaming about that, but in order to really be liberated from all of those vicious cycles, it's essential to understand how they work, how they keep trapping that inner child. And then understanding that it's possible to be liberated from. But there has to be that dedication to understand the workings of conditioning and then to be liberated from it. So actually it's quite simple how this works, but there is this intricate monkey mind that prevents that simplicity from being available. And the Living Wisdom Traditions, they can actually point to all of those different traps and the trickeries of the monkey mind so that we are no longer being hooked by it and trapped by those circumstances. Okay, so there's something. How do we create the process of self-parenting and support for the inner child? That's one of the questions that is coming up. First and foremost, in my experience, is the recognition that it's possible. Instead of looking for it in the external world, in child psychology is related to us the womb separation syndrome, we all experience that how initially there is this experience of the womb of the mother and there is no separation. The consciousness of the child, the consciousness of the mother are completely linked together and the child is supported, provided for, there is no separation. The unconditional love is available through all of the growing pains and being in the womb can be also quite challenging, you literally have to grow new limbs and it can be quite painful, but at the same time there is that continuous support and unconditional love. And then being born into this world where it may seem okay, the physical connection with the mother gradually becomes more and more distant, 
and through the living wisdom, the indigenous traditions, it's this hero's journey that is beginning from this physical separation, but then learning how to create that energetic connection. To see that actually this whole world is the mother's womb, the mother earth, and then the father son, the light of consciousness that is illuminating the capacity of unconditional love to continuously be available to us in our lives. So initially it's just that recognition that it's possible. That it's possible to actually keep opening to love through all of the difficulties in life, through all of the challenges in our experience. And instead of closing down and kind of suppressing that ingenuity, that innocence, and pushing it back and locking it away because I don't know how to bring it into the world or it's this wounded innocence, it's not okay, it's not safe to be innocent, to be vulnerable, to be open. I can be hurt, I can be taken advantage of and then even associating it with something bad where it's this innocence gets me in trouble. And then I cannot engage with all of the energies, emotions, feelings, experiences in my life openly because it gets me in trouble. Initially it's just this recognition that it's possible to open the heart to all of those experiences and to trust in the heart's wisdom that is so tender, so vulnerable and at the same time more real than anything else. It's this tender seed that grows into this millennial tree that can actually provide the greater purpose in our lives. And it's this greatest strength that is found in the greatest weakness. So just that recognition that it's possible is already a huge step in that direction. And then gradually to open it under increasingly greater challenges and difficulties in life. To recognize, okay, this is what I'm doing when things don't go the way I want them to. And this is what I do when I feel like I'm not in my comfort zone or I'm losing control and somehow I try to compensate for that and create the illusion of security. And instead of investing in the illusion of security where in reality everything is constantly changing, I can open up to the childlike wisdom and develop a loving relationship with impermanence. Things are changing, but there is that essence of the heart, that presence of the heart that allows everything to change. And so it's up to each one of us to discover that, to learn how to trust in that wisdom of the heart, instead of blocking it with the monkey mind and create the illusion like everything is familiar and everything is figured out. And inside there is that scared inner child that has never been encouraged to engage in life, to open up to the wisdom of the heart and not to expect it always from something on the outside and always get disappointed. Because actually everything on the outside is just that communication, is that appearance that is pointing to the essence which is inside of each of us, which is related to the wisdom of the heart, to the essential human qualities 
that the whole world is a mirror too, but the appearances in the mirror can never substitute the essence that they are reflecting to each of us. So this is something that I can share in that regard. It starts with just the recognition that it's possible. And instead of having this, in a way, a bitter resentment of the child that has been disappointed and lost faith in the world, actually recovering that trust, honoring that innocence, seeing that this innocence is what the fierce animals actually bow down to. In the human history, there are all of those examples where ferocious animals, they bow down to the innocence of the children and raise them as their own because the fierce, ferocious animals, they are so ferocious because they are afraid of that innocence within themselves. They've learned how to overprotect with this ferociousness, but actually underneath that rage, there is that hurt innocence. There is that fear of the tenderness, of vulnerability that is at the base of life. And if we can learn how to trust in that, how to recognize that this innocence that is at the source of everything in the universe and is more indestructible than anything else, then all of the ferociousness of the world will be in the service of that, will be humbled by that. But of course it's a process to learn how to trust in that more and more. And that's the process of self-parenting, is to come out of all of those judgments and labels and shame and guilt and the pain being bad and not knowing is bad and pretense and all of the appearances that come out of that. And to reverse that conditioning and to bring ingenuity and curiosity and then to see that there is deeper meaning, there is deeper wisdom. It's not just this curse where I have not been supported, I have not been encouraged, and everything is going bad. But instead, it's the cocoon of the butterfly that is so necessary for the evolution, for the awakening and rebirth of the highest potential within each one of us. So it's related to that. So this is something that I find meaningful and that I'm continuously encouraged through life. And of course, like I said before, it has to be verified through experience. So yeah, in my life, my own healing process and evolution, at a certain point just getting so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then starting to look, is there anything else in life besides what the official story of society has in place, where it's either this option or that option. And you are free to choose, but there's only those two options available. And instead, yeah, there is a higher purpose, there is a higher meaning that is not bound by the conditioned existence. And that's the hero's journey, the higher perspective, the symbolic meaning of life. Where I'm going through this experience of society and instead of just conforming to it, how can I bring that spark of ingenuity, that passion? What am I really inspired by? What is the calling of the heart? that I can honor in my life and then integrate it into society and then have the society as this cocoon of the butterfly, as the nest that allows me to keep evolving, to keep awakening the inspiration of the heart and the inspiration that is found in the muck, in the mud, 
no mud, no lotus. And so the more that I can engage with the shadows, with the problems, with the challenges, and not look at them as something bad and something that I just try to get rid of and discard of, how can I compost it? And then keep being encouraged to awaken the heart, to awaken the ingenuity, the beginner's mind that can be supported by the heart, that can be supported by the light of consciousness, that allows me to continue to explore and discover the deeper wisdom of the heart, the meaning of life that is based on the inspiration of that deepest spark. We've all experienced it at one time or another. We may not remember it consciously, but on a cellular level, on the level of our being, we all long for that. I think it's safe to say that we all wish to be happy in our lives. And we all have different ideas of how to get to that happiness, but the state of happiness itself is indescribable. It's something we know deep inside on the level of being. And that is that inner child. That is that awe and wonder and ingenuity and this connection, the unconditional love that we know deep inside of us that is possible. Even if our mind tells us that it may not be possible, it is possible. So another question that is coming up. I find that the more I allow my inner child to explore, the more I encounter others who are operating from a wounded place and trigger my deepest pain. How do I engage with others who trigger my wounding and maybe even shine light in a compassionate way on their behavior? So that is also something that is very relevant to this process. Of course, it's essential to actually stabilize oneself before engaging with others and supporting others in that way. Initially, yeah, of course, being pointed to that. And it will happen no matter what. Even if I don't open to the inner child, I'll continuously get those wake-up calls from the universe. And it's up to each one of us to either shy away from that and try to block it and pretend like everything is fine and everyone are putting up some kind of a mask or appearance or a facade and some are better at it than others and thinking well how come I am the one who is miserable and wounded and suffering and everyone seems to be fine but actually everyone may be experiencing that and it's just some people are better at hiding that than others if I don't acknowledge the issues in my life, how can I ever resolve them? I can keep running away from it and keep covering that up blindly, unconsciously, or I can actually deal with it. And initially, raising awareness, it may seem that way. Oh, before everything seemed to be okay and I encountered problems in rare occasions. And now it's happening all the time. But actually before I was just ignoring it a lot better. And then I start to see it more often in my life. And then I can take it to heart. And of course, it's up to each one of us also. It's the self-parenting process. Okay, how can I actually take that time and really honor that inner child and not keep engaging with situations and people that are all about avoidance and hiding and this elaborate self-deception manufactured for collective consumption and instead how can I actually change that and have people around me that also sincerely wish to awaken 
from that dream of separation. And actually have many reminders of my life to keep remembering, to keep coming back to the heart. And then it's that container, that nest, that self-parenting that we can all create in our lives so that our everyday world is actually there to support that essence of the heart and not run away from it. That's the self-parenting. It's up to each one of us and the willpower to actually take those steps in our lives to create the conditions that support the child instead of conditions that hide it or block it or just cover it up. And so then the more we can do it, the more we can actually honor and create that fertile soil for that seed of the heart to sprout, to be nurtured, to mature, to the point where then it can actually go into those situations and circumstances and support people that are also wounded and suffering and lost. But of course, if I cannot have compassion for myself, how can I have compassion for others? Then everyone will be poking in all of my wounds and all of my issues. And then if I cannot really deal with it, I'll keep getting upset and disturbed and have this tendency to get triggered. But actually, the wisdom in that is that it is encouraging that honoring of that seed, of that sprout, that initially needs to be held in a more supportive environment and container until it can actually deal with the harsh weather conditions. I'm very grateful for this connection engagement and that's also part of that supportive container, the supportiveness that we can continue to work with and share with each other and encourage each other through. Even if we are far away from each other, this medium allows us to be connected and to share that fertile ground for awakening and support of this spark of ingenuity of that inner child within us. So another one is how do you best discern between intuition and the impulsive inclination towards a habit, addiction, or vestige of conditioning, allowing the reality of an impulse so as to not create a forbidden fruit, but also recognizing the breadth and depth of conditioning. So this is also something that is meaningful, and initially it's essential to just observe and to see, yeah, this is something that I've always been doing, expecting a different result. And at first I can just be with it and just bring awareness without judgment. Okay, this is what I'm doing. This is that old habit and it's compulsive and I'm just doing it. There is a momentum to it and it's this forbidden fruit. But what is it really about? Okay, I can keep doing it, but bring awareness, bring this openness of presence without an agenda and then really see oh i'm doing this but actually i'm vicariously living out the hero's journey without wanting to do the inner work and i am craving this experience i'm craving this experience of openness of presence being free from the monkey mind even just for a glimpse for a tiny second and if i can just be present with it and see okay i have this glimpse 
but if I don't actually take it to heart and make an effort to cultivate it in my life, then it will be very short and not lasting. And then I have this tiny experience of relief and then there is this long time of despair afterwards. And so that's not really meaningful. And so then, naturally, it's that inner child, right, that is encouraged. Naturally, I start to make an effort towards doing it in a more meaningful way. Because I start to see what it's really about. And so then, even the coping mechanisms and the habits, they start to point to the essence and encourage it. And instead of judging it, I naturally start to see what it's really about. And then those habits are no longer needed. But it takes that openness and this ingenuity and presence that is the beginner's mind. Not having the old story of, yeah, this is what I do when things don't go my way and I don't have to be present with it and I'm just blindly seeking some kind of relief and not wanting to be present with it, but actually learning how to be present. Yeah, this is the coping mechanisms and I can be fully present with them and see that they are not meaningless, that there is wisdom that they are pointing to, and then I can actually recognize that wisdom and take it to heart. And then the ignorance turns into wisdom. Instead of being bad and good, where bad can never become good, I can see that this is the ignorance. I never knew any better way to deal with those issues, but now I can bring presence to it and do this self-parenting where I can open myself up and instead of making the child wrong, see that the child wishes to evolve. The child engages in life in the best way that it knows how, but I can trust in the child to keep learning, to keep evolving, to keep awakening. And the child has that inherent intelligence, if I can only support that, instead of blacking out or just going oblivious and not believing that it's possible to deal with the problems and staying present and staying open and heart-centered. So this is an essential reflection and something that it's up to each one of us to contemplate and to be with and to decondition, to untangle that knot of the different stories and dramas in our lives. And yeah, not just go by the old storyline and the format of the drama. It's this beginner's mind again. Life without a storyline. Coming out of the drama and seeing that there is this fresh perspective, the bird's eye view, the innocence is so essential. It's this experience of not knowing that allows the wisdom, the discovery, to take place without bias, without an agenda, just opening up like a newborn child and seeing all of those things that we have been engaged in but from a fresh perspective, from a fresh view, without judgment. And that is so essential in our lives to recover that spark of creativity, of ingenuity. And not to have creativity as something we do to avoid things, but how can we apply creativity to be fully alive, to be fully present, fully conscious, and have this hero's journey that we can live directly and not vicariously through the entertainment industry, but to bring it into every moment of our lives 
in every mundane experience. And so it's this ingenuity, the innocence that can be so healing, so essential through all of our struggles. Just this recognition that this innocence, this inner child has an essential place in the life of each one of us. So I'm very grateful for everyone who tuned in and will continue to tune in. I'm also here in service to that heart essence in myself and others and our relatedness and our struggles and the higher wisdom and purpose that we can continue to engage with and encourage each other through. And I am very inspired by everyone in my life who keeps reminding me. In whatever way possible, some people are challenging and some people are encouraging, but everything has meaning and has relation to this process of awakening. The womb of the world, this experience of our world today that is here for us to awaken from the dream of separation. And sometimes the separation has to happen in such a vivid way, this isolation that awakens the heart, that allows us to be connected. Here in the Peruvian Andes, with the encouragement also from our indigenous elders, and they see that this is the time in the world especially when we can come together and do this work for the sake of everyone, to keep rippling it out, to keep taking it to heart, and recognize that everyone's challenges are our own challenges. And yeah, we can keep using these mediums to continue to connect, even if you are not able to come to us at this time, we are still here to continue doing the work for the sake of everyone, and encourage all of us to keep sharing and engaging. We'll be doing some live events, online as well. We've been in one month's retreat two weeks ago and that's been very profound and I'm still integrating is this experience of this inner child that is being reborn and then learning how to apply that in everyday life circumstances and relate and also to have time in everyday life and be with family and relatives and friends. Yeah, that's the essence of it. Love you all and keep being curious, keep being in that heart essence, the ingenuity, not take everything for granted, seeing everything with a grain of salt and recognizing the wisdom in everything. Thank you so much. I trust in the inner healer and the teacher within all of us. Much love to everyone. Thank you and be well. Thank you for joining us. If you have found value in what we have shared, we welcome donations in order to continue this service. To make a donation or to ask a question, visit our website at www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. May all beings be happy and free.